Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean. And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Monday, everybody, and welcome into the Graham Lick and Mac Lane podcast presented by Ingles, the official supermarket of Graham Lick and Mac Lane. And we've got a great message from Ingles coming up. But Mac, this episode, this guest, our last two, we had Michael Alford on from Florida State Athletic Director. And this episode, we have Graham Neff, the athletic director from Clemson, two of the most powerful athletic directors in the country. I would say probably the two most powerful in the ACC. And um, just honored that they would give us some of their time because they're two of the busiest guys in the world. But this was a lot of just really good insight from Graham. Both these guys very thoughtful about the future of athletics, but also making it clear, like Michael Alford's job is to keep Florida State where it needs to be. And Graham's is for Clemson. And I think both schools are in good hands with those guys. No, I don't think there's any question about it. And, and you know, after having spoken to both of them, uh, the thoughtfulness, like you said, very calculated in how they approach each and every day. Uh, funny enough, both very money-oriented guys that, that just understand Their backgrounds, that yeah. Kind of what, yeah, kind of what we talked about with, with you know, Michael, that, you know, it, it's not just coaches that retire that move into ADs. Like, these are businessmen. Yeah. This is a Deloitte guy and a guy these that These guys fundraised. are smart, very smart. Like they got degrees. Yeah, that's <laughs> multiple multiple degrees. Uh, and so when when you look at it, and when you kind of think through their eyes or hear it and see it through their eyes, it, it was really cool. So very grateful for Graham's time. I, I joke about it here in a second, but you know when when he told us, "Hey, let's do it at two o'clock," I'm like, "Gee, there's no way that you can do this." Like I know what your schedule so looks busy. like. He made it happen, though. He made it happen. Very grateful for his time. Um, You'll hear about as we talk about this, but in his first year as a Clemson AD, the Tigers won four ACC championships, the most that Clemson has won Mm -hmm. since 99, which is very impressive the way that they do that. And it it was just fun to hear how he's been balancing this new world uh, that that has NIL, that has the transfer portal, that has all these things that, you know, his guy – Dan Radakovich didn't really have to deal with, you right. know, at Clemson, at least he still does it at Miami. So it's very interesting that even when he's been at Clemson for 10 years and probably thought he had a pretty good grasp on what that athletic director job would look like. Here's a big old curveball. Mm. We're going to throw a bunch of new things and you got to always get better in, in this ever evolving landscape. So love this conversation. Before we get to the interview, let's hear from our friends over at Ingles. It's time to discover the convenience and time savings of contact-free pickup with Ingles Curbside. Just visit shop.ingles-markets.com or download the app. And your Ingles personal shopper gets to work with specialized training on how to select the freshest items for a pre-scheduled pickup. They'll even text you with updates. You pull up to a designated space and your personal shopper delivers your items right to your vehicle. Fresh, fast, and affordable. It's all in the bag. Ingles. Low prices. Love the savings. Graham Neff, welcome in, brother. Super excited for this. You made some time. We're doing this in the middle of the day. And when you sent that text to us, I was like, there's no way this is going to happen. But here we are. You did it. I appreciate you joining us, brother. Summer series. Um, thanks for having it on. You guys just eclipsed, what, 300 going on 500? We're close know. to 300. We're close yeah. to 300 right there. You say you're excited. Hey, important guest. Big t- like, I'm number 300 <laughs> on your list. So I don't know. If a three zero whatever, so I don't know how how much of an important guest I am. But no, to, come on. thanks for having me. Joel. You know what's interesting about that? We were actually trying to stay just because you're in a 
you're in a big position, man. We don't know how much you want to talk about or the scrutiny, what you say, but we're going to keep it clean. All keep soft calls <laughs> today. It's going to be super easy. Uh, so, softball, so, I got oh, it. Yeah. That's right. You see the pun? You see the pun? Shout out to, uh, to Valerie and Coach going over to Japan representing the Tigers. So excited for that. Um, but I, I just want to start with you, man, because there's a, a million places we're going to go. And uh, just your love for college athletics, how you decided to get into this business, why you decided to get in this business. And uh, man, once you maybe had that thought, did you ever think one day, you know, you'd be sitting in that chair as the AD of Clemson University? It's really, um, right, and all colleagues or all of us that have, you know, love sports or college sports have our story, and I'll, I'll certainly give some highlights of mine. Um, but it is really cool. We're sitting here in, in mid-June, um, and just this upcoming weekend, tomorrow actually, I'm heading to uh, North Georgia Lake with a bunch. There's about 12 of my buddies from high school, like middle school and high school. So like one of my crews from way back, you know, decades now um, and just loves. And it's funny, like, so they all give me grief now. Hey, big time job. And hey, can we get some tickets? Those type of things. But I'm sure they would all tell you that, man, like even back then, like this was just this is a a, a perfect vocation for maybe who I am. Right. Just love sports, played everything. Um, just love the competition. Um, but I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't a, a, a collegiate student athlete. I was a student manager, which I'm very proud of, um, as is Jay yeah. Billis um, for the, for basketball student manager. So I went to school at Georgia Tech, um, was a, a manager on the basketball team there. My sophomore year is actually when Georgia Tech went to the final four, the national championship game. Um, Paul Hewitt, Coach Hewitt was the head coach who was just an awesome coach, let alone to, you know, all of those as part of the program, including the managers. So learned a lot, just kind of had that level of introduction from student manager. And I felt like it's a really interesting, I'm really proud of it. And, and I try to um, invest some time with the, the student managers that we have here in, in our sports, because it's a really unique, uh, maybe blend of, you get the, the, the student athlete kind of um, perspective, maybe you're not a student athlete, but like you're a college student, and these are all your, your pals, or they're your same age. Um, and so you kind of lean that way, but then also like you're like manager or like on the, you know, support the coaches. And so you're on the coaches side of things too. So it was just, it's an, it's an awesome introduction into call it college athletics, let alone just the, the, the grunt work or the discipline that, you know, student managers maybe have, or at least have the reputation to. So something I'm really proud of, again, that was a little bit my, my literal entree into college athletics, um, but I didn't jump right into it I, I, after school um, at Georgia Tech, as I said, worked. Um, for Deloitte Consulting, so kind of call it corporate um, a bit for a couple years. Loved that as a first job, but it was definitely a great time that convinced me of the need or the opportunity to come back to something that's so passionate about, which is sports athletics, but ultimately they call it the business of sports and, and how that's continued to change that I'm sure we'll talk about um, and have just enjoyed that that opportunity to invest and um, help, you know, uh, enact change in the industry, but even more so certainly locally of, of wherever your, your school might be. You are an engineer, as I was seeing through your degree and of course, Georgia Tech. So that's, that's such an interesting pivot there. And Graham, I'm curious growing, I think you grew up kind of the Atlanta area. You go to Georgia Tech. What was your perception or memory or just, um, knowledge of Clemson growing up? So a lot of, I do have a great story with that. A lot of, um, uh, certainly call it respect, but it was close, local, a lot of, you know, I went to, to high school with pals that went to Clemson. So just loved the brand, what Clemson was about, but it was rather surface. Uh, freshman year at Georgia Tech, um, one of my good friends from high school came to Clemson. So he's freshman at Clemson. And that year, this is 2002, um, Clemson plays at 
uh, I'm sorry, Georgia Tech plays at Clemson in football. It was like October, right? And came up for the game, stayed with my pal. And and then I sat on the hill. So I sat on oh. the hill. He was a freshman. So the kids were on there. I, I, I stood on the hill. And it was rainy, drizzly that day. And so I had a poncho on. And I had classic, you know, my yellow or gold poncho. So I was like, I was that guy that was like in the clearly the Clemson <laughs> section, let alone the student section, let alone the hill um, as the visiting fan or whatever. And so um, so my first experience at Clemson was that was it was a game my freshman year where Georgia Tech played at Clemson in 2002. Um, but I would tell you this, I'll extend it beyond that. My time as a manager at Georgia Tech, we certainly played at Little John um, every year and coming up. And as a, again, with the team, as a manager for those couple seasons, three seasons, we stayed at what was then kind of the brand new uh, Madrid Center, Martin Inn. And right, my experience at, at Georgia Tech, urban campus, you know, not a whole lot of green space, you know, and came up to Clemson and we're staying at on the golf course at this new conference center that the arena is just down the street. I just thought it was just so, so special. I was like, look at this place, this is Clemson. And so... Um, so I had that level of like experience, but then even as a, as a student, like had that level of respect. I think a lot of, um, you know, similar backgrounds of academics and kind of the, the heavy architect engineering mm-hmm. kind of for, mm-hmm. for the, the history of the institutions, let alone the, the alumni and the, the support and kind of the community. So um, I think there's that certainly that healthy rivalry yeah. then that still exists now between the two schools, but from a level of, you know, of respect and, and maybe similarity. So. Um, so anyway, that's a couple small um, tokens of what my entree or origins to Clemson was. Last component to it when we were coming, when Chris and I were, were moving to Clemson in 2013, it's been 10 years wow. now. We were at Middle Tennessee State uh, near Nashville. Kristen got really excited because the school colors were great. Orange and purple. Oh, she can outfit it and everything. And so you, know, you get that aspect, too, that, um, you know, just the markers of as you're approaching Clemson, not knowing really, uh, but having experienced it now for 10 years has just been incredible. Mac, and little known fact that people might not know, when I was in grad school, Kristen Neff was my yoga instructor, <laughs> and I still tell people that Kristen is the best yoga instructor I've ever taken a class from. She right. is elite. And I was still going to her classes when I worked at the Roar, and then she got pregnant with twins, ugh, and my yoga has gone so downhill since then. Yeah, she's, she had to uh, just semi-retire ugh. or what happened, um, but she, yes, <laughs> Neff boys, uh, keep keep both of us busy. Certainly, Kristen yes. during the day. Um, Grady's a rising first grader. The twins, wow. Nolan, will be four this summer, so they got a couple years until they're um, kindergartners, and then Kristen perhaps will be able to to respread her wings in <laughs> yoga or fitness or whatever it may be. Kelly, let's hope. Let's there hope. you go. There you go. It's a game changer. It's a game changer. Well, gee, um, man, let's dive into to kind of Clemson athletics and and different things of that nature because college athletics has changed immensely, you know, in, in your 10 years, you know, since you've been at Clemson. And, and one thing that hasn't changed, though, is, is that we're in this arms race for all the shiny new things, whether it's facilities, upgrades, all, everything in between. I've always been fascinated in this. How do you decide when it is time to upgrade something, when it is time to, to build something new? Because, you know, we, we've got an indoor that was there that was built, I think, 2012, December-ish, well, was oh, when that right. got that's done. Right. Yep. When do you redo that? Like a project like that versus you have this brand new football facility that was really cutting edge and one of the first that I'm sure down the road that will come along where you have to do some outfitting. So what goes into that? How, how do you calculate that? 
Yeah, it's a great uh, point or question, Mac. And, you know, and I, I'd extend it this way to the arms race, which maybe has a bad connotation. It's just from a, like a competitive standpoint, um, you know, for our student athletes, for, for resources and opportunities for them to, to thrive. Um, certainly there's the, the, the fan facing aspects of it, stadiums, video boards, right, concourses, you know, that, that is um, pr- providing great amenities or opportunities for revenue generation or discretionary dollar, which is, you know, never been more uh, in competition. But I guess my point is you extend that, the notion, even to a higher ed standpoint, right, where universities, institutions, Clemson certainly included, you know, there, there's an arms race, not again, not in a bad way, but just like a, a need to invest and continue to grow for dorms and, and classroom buildings and labs and uh, um, incubator spaces. Clemson just opened a, an entrepreneurship studio and opened a new college of business. So like so that that notion in many, many industries, but even higher ed, let alone just college athletics. That's that's um, you know that that's our world, and I think there's a lot of, of good with that. Now back to your question, or more specifically, your question, like right, how, what's the strategy? How do you how do you evaluate? How do you prioritize? Um, you know, yeah, it's not easy. We have 21 sports now, including the two new ones that I'm sure we'll talk about. KG of, of women's lacrosse and gymnastics, and so you know, and we want to compete in all of them, and we like football here, no doubt, and, and we have a lot of success, and we're going to continue to invest. Um, significantly there as we have and, and obviously the results and the support is, is um as as uh come with that but we want to win championships in all of our sports right which is an easy thing to say but what, what's the actions what's the priority to to do so um and so yeah so no doubt it's it's an art versus science um and ultimately how you, you manage priorities i manage donor intent or opportunity um we are spending 37 million dollars right now we'll finish it this fall our brand new lacrosse and gymnastics and rowing complex right and and admittedly those are not net revenue generating sports um, there's a lot of interest in our community for gymnastics as there was for lacrosse last year and we'll continue. so we're going to generate revenue they're they're they are not non-revenue sports but from like a business perspective right it's football and in basketball and baseball but you know a lot of our sports really you know beyond that aren't but it's really important for student experience sure call it equity but just from a competitive drive um, standpoint. Um, a couple of things Mac, you referenced as well is the indoor facility. So there is, you know, there, there's, there's absolutely the aspect of, of continual investment or, or expansion so that the, it was built in 2012, literally just last month. You probably haven't been back and got your shuttles in yet, Mac, but we just replaced the turf. So where, where you did mat drills and blood, sweat and tears, was just replaced. It was here for 10 years. And is that up for sale or what? I need some of that, man. I feel like I'm owed some of that. <laughs> um, so, so there is that, and that's a pretty rudimentary. Yeah, you got to change the turf out. But but we have been uh, had continual investment, even in the other facility referenced, the Reese uh, football operations facility, where we just did some expansion with our 100 yards of wellness, which was a, a $5 million investment. We just added our um, our CAB Athletic Branding Institute, which is really a bolt-on or a build-on to that. Because you do balance not only your question, the, the needs and how do you choose sports and priority of facilities, but also, you know, when do you, you build new, so to speak, versus the, the renovate or expand on. One last example um, is later this fall, we've received phase one approval and we've, we've announced it, but later this fall, we'll, we'll announce groundbreaking of a new facility, performance and wellness facility, which is a really an extension of Jervy. 
Jervy was built in 1972. It's literally 50 years old. <laughs> it, it's the house, Kelly, you, you went to training room there, weight room there. Yeah. And, you know, and it was okay, but it needs it, it. Even when you were playing, Kelly, like it needed, it needs time and attention and investment. And so we looked at renovation and expansion decision was best made to, to build new. And so now it'll be a high impact facility that will affect really 18 of our 21 sports, um, Olympic sports focused volleyball access as well. Um, I think sports med, training, um, uh, strength and conditioning, high day-to-day impact for so many of our, about 400 of our 525 student athletes. So, so anyway, I hope that that's a, that's more of the <laughs> art than science yeah. how we think about it. And it's, it's not easy, but we're going to continue to, to have the pedal to the metal on that while we're balancing all the other demands from, from resources. Yeah. And one thing, Graham, that, that's super interesting too, that, you know, just kind of adds to the uniqueness of Clemson is, you've got a lot of land and you got a lot of green space and, and opportunity that it, it's a little bit, it's not a little bit, it's a lot more unique than a place like Miami and, and the things that mm-hmm. you know, D-Rad's having to deal with and, and Georgia Tech, the things that they're having to deal with. Uh, you've got space. So it, does it ever creep into your mind? Like, what if I was in a major metropolis? How would I deal with things like this? Here, it's, it's, it's funny. I don't know if you and I have talked about that in the past. Um, you're absolutely right. And I've had to, and again, growing up in Atlanta, I go to school, Georgia Tech, we talked about, I had to, and, and we fiddle around a lot, pull up Google Maps and you start, you're looking at spaces, can we do this, which is kind of your point. But a lot of green space here. You look around, look out the, the windows, but holy cow, that green space is really, really important and valuable for seven Saturdays from a tailgate mm, and parking yeah. and IPTA side of things. So you're right, Mac, you look at Google Maps, you take a lap around campus, holy cow, all this opportunity and that's really different than downtown Atlanta or Miami or what have you, and you're right. But we don't take that lightly of great. There's green grass. And so let's build something because that, that is um, proverbially, you know, really, really um, sacred ground, man. Yeah, (laughs) no doubt. And that's not to say that we have, we've expanded and we'll continue to expand. And so we can't, you know, we're we're just going to continue to do that, but it's done with a lot of thought and strategy as it balances seven Saturdays, Ipte and what that tailgating scene is like here at Clemson, which also is really, really unique. Um, compared to most anybody in the country. Well, every Ipte member is happy to hear that because the, <laughs> the biggest question, the biggest thing on their mind is where am I going to park? Uh, exactly. We know that's a big deal. Okay, before we get to mainly football and talk about that because this is this is what we love. Overall, women's athletics, we were talking with um, Mike Alford from Florida State about women's sports. And Florida State values women's sports. Clemson values women's sports. I mean, there's there's schools out there that almost you can kind of tell value them a little more than others. The future of that, with what we're seeing, we're talking about Clemson building these facilities, but we're also, we know that's the backdrop of these TV deals and all the money comes from football in many respects. Is the biggest way to ensure that women's sports are going to be, you know, maintained and, and thrive is the biggest thing for you bringing in fundraising dollars for that? Like, is that the way at this point to kind of keep women's sports safe, if you will? I guess I think about it and, and Kelly, you were um, an integral part. Gosh, you were, you, you emceed our women, our Hear Her Roar yes, campaign hear her roar. last summer. This was less than That's a year, right. maybe, 12 months ago, which was our, our it was a kickoff of our mm-hmm. $50 million women's sports fundraising initiative, right? The Hear Her Roar campaign that you emceed and introduced um, Beth Clements, uh, wife of a president of our university and coaches and key figures and you yourself, a key figure here. So um, so to answer your question, sure. Uh, you know, fundraising is 
a driver of that. But I would say that at least how I, I maybe think about it in a, in a dollars and cents way mm-hmm. is, you know, perhaps there's, there's, you know, at Clemson, let's be realistic. Like there's a lot of interest in um, donor support, sure, for football, basketball, baseball, right? That's just, you know, that's, that's traditional in college sports, let alone here at Clemson. And so while we absolutely are very intentional about fundraising for women's sports, here, her campaign, Lauren Gollins, the major gift officer for us, we were building a $37 million. So yeah. yeah. However, like where we can also drive fundraising dollars for other sports that have perhaps a higher ceiling of, of donor opportunity, that now that allows us to, to move the needle or, or push or invest in maybe those specific sports. And then now we have to match that, not in a have to way, but like from a from a competitive side of things, that's going to um, our mindset is that it, it needs to be, you know, a, a both level of investment. And so. I think that our story here at Clemson is is um, something that I feel very passionate of, of telling about the growth of our investment over women's sports. Kelly, your point, central point. Um, we're adding two new prominent women's sports. Just finished year one of lacrosse, where we finished ranked top 20 in the country. We're in uh, approaching year one of women's gymnastics, of which it'll be the first year for ACC gymnastics. Um, there's four schools in the ACC that will sponsor gymnastics. So um, we have an opportunity to win an ACC championship in year one. Um <laughs> Coach Amy yeah. Smith knows uh, expectations, a funny word, but like that, hey, we're investing to, to set those type of goals um, in all of our sports. We finished uh, this academic year just completed um, with four ACC um, championships, football, women's golf, men's outdoor track and baseball. Those four in one year was the most at Clemson since 1999, 24 wow. years. Um, yeah, and tied for the most. And I would also reference in 1999, there was only nine schools in the ACC. Now we have 15. That's way True. more difficult. And so. Something we're really proud of, uh, we're going to continue to invest um, across the board. Football is really important here and nationally um, for a lot of reasons, but also from a, from a business and revenue standpoint to allow us to, mm-hmm. you know, the proverbial, you know, raise the tide in, in all boats. Um, and and that's that's important. Want to win in all yeah. now 21 sports, um, including and especially our women's sports. No doubt. No doubt. Well, you bring it up. So let's talk about football before we move on to, to kind of big picture athletics here, because you and Coach Sweeney made probably the biggest hire of the offseason, and mm-hmm. that's bringing in Coach Garrett Riley. And nobody knew until the freaking ink was dry. Like, who called How it, the though? heck? You did call it. KG did call it. How did you do that? How did you keep it a secret? What was the process? As much as you could share. I know there's details. But, I mean, that, that was incredible when that news kind of broke. So it is, a, it is an awesome um, – I don't know if story is the right word, but just just look back and certainly my role and, and have been here 10 years, as I said, and have worked closely with Coach Sweeney football program from day one. But obviously now in the last year and a half, different role and even probably a different level of partnership or, or strategy, call it. Um, certainly that that um, change from a coordinator standpoint, uh, driven by coach, um, but he and I had talked on it off and on over that, um, you know, the, the, the end of the season. Um, until into there into mid January when when the um, transition transpired, um, a lot of the call it the, the the sequencing or the timing was born out of uh, respect and doing it the right way for Brandon Streeter, um, who's an awesome Clemson man and family was a heck of a player here, let alone a heck of a coach, and so wanted to make sure that there was there was um, you know the, the steps and the, the conversations along the way were really really sensitive to that. Um, so so that that was certainly one of the drivers, 
And listen, like it, they're well written and, and so much a part of the success of, of uh, Clemson football and how Coach Sweeney has led is the culture of the program and staff continuity and consistency, consistency in the locker room, right? All of that, Mac, that you were a huge part of and still are. And so a change like that, like this, from a coordinator position was, uh, you know, significant on so many levels. Mm-hmm. And so working through that where it was just a really, really tight circle and it might not even have been a circle. It might've been a line with, Dabo and I, you know, like, <laughs> it was really, yeah. really cool um, to be able to support Dabo in that, you know, that consideration or that opportunity um, it, from what my role, you know, was and is. Yeah. Uh, but then also to be really um, prudent about how it how it went down, knowing that it, it, one of the one of the um, moments, wow, there was a couple of day stretch of, hey, think this is going to happen. But let's make sure we, we are in sequence with each other because coach had, you know, his kind of call it list of dominoes or, 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 or people to me, you know, in certain steps and players and staff and offensive staff and parent, you know. And, and, and so did I, but mine was very different, right? President, board, you know, <laughs> HR, whatever, you know. And so we kind of were just being very intentional about making sure that we were each on the same page of what each of us needed to do by way of what our roles were, right. that we didn't get out of sequence and, you know, um, call into question the actual transition, but that also that we were able to, to when it was go time at certain steps, we're able to move very efficiently mm-hmm. with and certainly, you know, for me, it works up through President Clements and our board. And so to have that level of sensitive but really, um, you know, trusted type dialogue and, and decision points, you know, that that those aren't just created in a, a moment for a couple of days where you want to make a change like this. Those are day to day. We talk about alignment a lot. You're right. And so that's where when there are significant decisions that are made or rolled out where that alignment is is stress isn't the right word, but where it's really put to the test or, or where it's really uh, flexed. And so I think that was a great, um, this change while it, you know, to your point, Mac, it feel like it came out of left field and it was done before it was done. Um, you know, that, that was born out of, you know, days, months, years worth of relationships, of process, of sure. understanding, you know, how things work at Clemson, how things need to work in the football facility and with staff. Um, and then you get successes, like you said, of how, of how things like that get rolled out. So, so I hope some of that is is a little bit of inside baseball on how it went without getting too particular, right. um, but incredibly pleased of, of certainly sure how that transpired, but obviously what, what Garrett's going to bring to the program, yeah. to the offense, and a little bit of even what that change means, which is sure. I know part of your point. Yeah, no, no question. So, so what kind of, I mean, what kind of message do, do you think that sends mm. through our college football? I mean, that, that a team that just won a championship that was in a, a New Year's Six was getting better thinks that, hey, there's another step that we can take. Let's go get the best coordinator in the country. What kind of message do you think that sends out to, to everybody else? Yeah, I, uh, strong in probably a number, number of different ways. The, um, and I, it, it's a good indication, and right, we haven't made the playoffs in the last two years. And Coach, we need to be the first to tell you um, of where his expectations are um, for, for his program. And so, listen, I, you know, Clemson, our brand, success, how we recruit, a is just different. I happen to be, this is interesting, you, you bring up the topic of, of uh, Coach Riley. I happen to be at dinner with Garrett on on Monday night, a couple of days ago, with his wife, Lindsay, and Kristen, and some friends. And so, um, and we're just coming off of uh, certainly January, or, uh, June official visits and kind of heavy recruiting month, right? And Garrett's been here now six months, less than that. And so, we're just kind of having a portion of our conversation about, you know, and he was remarking like, God, it, it's just different here right and that's something that Clemson folks like you, you know like ah it's just different here 
But like, so now he's, you know, hadn't been at Clemson before per se, and just how even recruiting or official visits work, certainly how Coach Sweeney leads the program, the culture of the, of the program, of the locker room. And so, you know, but that, my, my point was to answer your question, that was, while it wasn't known for Garrett, like that reputation of Clemson, of Coach Sweeney, different to work for, go about our, our business differently, like in a, in a Clemson unique way, like that was a big part of his pull or his consideration to come and, and, and leave an awesome setup at TCU, national champions or national championship game and come to Clemson because like, yeah, yeah, he had heard that. He sensed that. He desired that for he and his family and his career. And then now for him for six months, kind of fire hosing it, but to be able to look back up, you know, a half year and kind of like recognize and have experienced that it was a little bit of full circle is not the right word, but like, for him seeing the 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 reality of mm-hmm. maybe the reputation out there of Clemson, sure from a recruiting, from a college football world, but even in the coaching circles, right? And how from a learning from Coach Sweeney and, and seeing how things are done differently at different places and how that's just going to help Garrett become continue to be a, a great coach at Clemson and, and whatever is ahead for him, um, I think is a, is a cool part of that, that allure or that statement of what that change and what that attraction uh, of Clemson was for him. Well, now I have to know, before I ask about the ACC, speaking of the Rileys, did you also go to the Kenny Chesney concert with Dabo and Lincoln and Garrett? It seemed like it was a real who's who, Graham. Um, I don't know if you're, if, if that's about, I, I, yes, I was there. I uh, knew it. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I walked in. So, yeah, so, yeah, Dabo and Garrett and Lincoln. And um, I actually had one of my best friends. I'm going to see this weekend. He's my one of my high school best friends um, who came up from Atlanta for it and, and it was one of those, right? I got some tickets and he was like, oh, that's cool. And then I didn't really know exactly how it was all going to work. But one thing led to another. And we were kind of down there with Coach and, you know, the Rileys and some folks and <laughs> met Kenny. And it was, uh, oh. that was, that was a special deal. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Okay. Did, did we give Kenny some Clemson gear? Isn't he a Tennessee fan, right? All right. Here, yeah, right. The whole East Tennessee, he's got some songs written about that. Um, here's the right, Mac. Um, here's the deal, though. <laughs> At one point, this was this was like a holy cow. Welcome to like my job moment. We were down. This was post concert. Golly, I'm getting into some weeds here. Oh, post concert, kind of backstage and right smoking. Kenny like had a heck of a show. He's down there and he's he's kind of debriefing the show. And he was like, yeah, like after the third song, I thought the crowd we needed to, and it really hit into high gear. And he and this, and I was like, I thought the whole thing was awesome. But you know that. <laughs> My point was, so he's going, he loves college football and concerts and Sweeney's like, hey, you need to come play in the Valley. And Kenny's like, that's awesome. You know, I was like, oh, I do that. And Uh-oh. then they both look at me. And so I got Kenny Chesney and Dabo Sweeney looking at me. Garrett Riley's like off in the, you know, Lincoln Riley are kind of like chuckling. And they're looking at me like, hey, Neff, make this happen. Get it and done. Like, Get it done. I got Chesney and Sweeney leaning on me. So I was like, all right, let me, let me work on some things. So no promises for the Valley, but. Okay. That was a discussion that that, that uh, recently ensued, and who knows what that was. So there, that there may or may epic. not be a contract on a napkin somewhere. I like it. Okay, <laughs> breaking news. We'll get that out there. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. Well, yeah, I mean, look, Grant, make it happen. That I think every Clemson fan is going to be thinking that now uh, after listening to this. We appreciate those stories. I also love the name drop, right? I'm just sitting with Kenny after the show, and – we're debriefing, and he's telling me how his show went. That's, that's pretty big time, Graham. Okay. Kenny's mom was – this is a fun – I know we're wrapping up the, the Chesney uh, Chronicles. We don't have it, to. We do um, not. <laughs> Kenny's mom happened to be at that that show, and so, like, I was – again, I was backstage doing something, not to not to have it sound that way. But then Kristen, who we've talked about, my my lovely roommate, 
at some point she's just like her and and Mrs. Chesney are like now they're like texting their pals. I'm not surprised. Teddy's mom and yeah, not surprised exactly. So it was a that was a special special night, no doubt. Okay, well we've got the hookup. If we're in with Kenny's mom, I think we can get Kenny to Death Valley. Uh, this is amazing. I'm very excited for this. I'm sure that coming up soon that Kenny's mom is going to text Kristen's like, hey, where's Graham on this contract? For like, you know, it's all just exactly. coming back to, hey, Neff's got to figure something out. So I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll take the burden. Ball's in your court, Graham. <laughs> uh, okay, let's talk about the ACC. And I want to ask this a little differently, okay? What, in this current landscape of college football, as someone who is the head of one of the ACC's member institutions, what does the ACC have going for it right now? And what does the ACC need to improve upon right now in the current landscape? One of the things with the ACC, and right, there's been a lot written and, uh, you know, even our spring meetings, like I got it. Um, I think one of the, one of the, and, and I, growing up in suburban Atlanta, the Southeast, Georgia Tech alum, like, I, like I'm an ACC guy. Um, I think one of the things, one, one of the, the best attributes of the ACC has had for probably since its inception is the diversity of the league. Um, public schools, private schools, big schools, small schools, northeast, southeast, um, all throughout the, you know, Florida to um, Syracuse and Midwest, Louisville, Notre Dame. Um, football may be focused or, 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 or um, strong tradition, basketball focused, strong tradition. So the diversity of the institutions of the league, I think, has been. Uh, such a level of of success and, a, and an attribute um, for again for for decades. Um, you overlay that into current changing landscape, and it certainly proves to be difficult. You know, or, or, or maybe better said, proves to add. You have so many different perspectives or opinions as an association, as a league, and what's important for each school is is probably more diverse than maybe other leagues where there's maybe a little bit more level of overlap of, of importance. Um, so that's, that's maybe just some commentary or some perspective on why, um, you know, that there's just, there's, it's, it's really tough to, um, coalesce around really focused priorities, so to speak for, for college athletics these days, let alone maybe what, what has transpired a little bit, um, for the ACC. That being said, I, you know, Commissioner Phillips, I think there's been a lot said or written. I'll, I'll, I'll further just the, the job that he's doing from the commission chair. Um, and, and listen, he's a longtime AD, right? He's been a, a, a key figure, a mentor uh, for me from afar and, and certainly now from near um, for years. So I just I, I really value him as a as a as a man, as a father, husband, let alone as an administrator, let alone as, as our commissioner. Um, and so as he's helped to further the league and certainly the, the success initiatives, call it revenue distribution chairs, how that's transpired, really important. Commission has been really uh, steadfast in uh, prioritizing that for the league presidents, ADs to, to, to look at and consider. And, and we've had some progress and, and that is going to roll through, um, you know, this summer, fall, right, as we work a, work a process with it. Um, so I think, Kelly, that's maybe a little bit of an answer to, hey, what has what the league done well? I, again, I think there has been some some cohesion around some of the, the priorities. I think Commissioner Phillips, as he said from day one of introduction a couple years ago now, of prioritizing football. Um, and, and we've seen that kind of day to day, but I, I think we've seen the external, um, uh, you know, uh, vocation of that in, in various ways from a media, from PR, from a football investment standpoint that obviously – um, goes in line well with maybe how we've invested and prioritized in the past here at Clemson. So 
Um, you know, so you have that. Listen, my colleagues in the league, it's been one of the things for me that has been such a, uh, a blessing from a career standpoint that my predecessor here at Clemson and, and personal friend and mentor professionally, Radakovich Dan, that he's not only still in the industry, but he's in the league. And so we have our spring meetings or we're on, you know, Zoom calls and, you know, Dan and I certainly spend a lot of time together. And that's, that's huge for me as, you know, first time in this chair, so to speak, let alone like how we're, um, you know, operating or helping to position or further the leagues being at be, further the league being at two, you know, the bigger brands in the league. So, so I don't know. I, I hope Kelly, that answers some of it, and in, in you know, in and out of the question, and just some some perspective on where the where the league sits, and maybe where I hope what Clemson's role should and, and can be as we look to further grow the revenue and position the league from a branding standpoint. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a tough question. These are literally things that haven't happened a ton. I mean, it's happened. I mean, we go back and look at history, you know, realignment and changing conferences and TV rights and all these things. It's happened. Uh, but it, everything just seems like it's so magnified right now, just in the world that we live in. So um, appreciate your answer. Appreciate your honesty. Last one, we'll get you out of here. I know you got to run. I do want your your kind of opinion on realignment, on expansion, just from a general consumer, just from a guy who loves athletics, is in athletics, is this good for college athletics? Is it going to wipe parts of college athletics out? Are we seeing this seismic shift to where we have a baby NFL? I don't think you can have a baby NBA. Those products are so different right now. I don't think that can exist. But it is where we're going good for college athletics? Yeah, and it's interesting you even say baby NBA. And, Mac, we all know, or at least I know, listen, you're a big old dude, tight end, offensive lineman, play, you know, NFL trap. You know, but you're a you're a hooper at heart, right? Let's be honest, KG. Like, you know, he needs to get a little action on the network. Oh on yeah, the, on the, that's oh, right. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> um, but right, like baby NBA, like like the NBA has that, like G League, right. you know, and, and minor league systems, baseball, whatever. Like, and I swear to your point a little bit, Mac. Football is different because there isn't the developmental leagues, and I know like you do the XFL stuff. I think there's a lot of growth and opportunity there, which I think is really healthy for college football, quite frankly. Um, and Mac, you you have an awesome and compelling story about how you have some passion um, of of the you know the, the those those leagues from a from a, a professional football standpoint, right? But right now, that's a that's or historically that's been a a pretty straightforward jump from NFL to college football from a developmental standpoint. So that's where you know it is different. To your point, is it good? Is is expansion? Is is uh, you know conference alignment realignment? You know. I think there, there's pros and cons. I certainly recognize, and I'm not going to dismiss the the difficulties of of losing some of the regionality, right? Yeah. And what that looks like for student athlete experience, for travel, for fan travel, for kind of natural rivalries, right? That there's probably um, that's tough, and, and and I think there's flying you know, from UCLA that. to Rutgers. Sure, yeah. <laughs> I, let's be honest, right? Um, so don't want to be naive or dismiss that, or I'll, I'll you know address that head on. I you know I think some of that is 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 not good. Um, I do think, though, that the um, further alignment of, you know, uh, big brands, schools that are like minded for investment and how that does create, you know, even more of like a powerful, um, prominent um, national awareness Hmm. um, and national called investment um, in college sports or college football. I think there's there's some good with that. you know, so how it continues to to ebb and flow um, again, because because that is one of the things too. College sports, so much of football drives the revenue, right? Let's let we we know this. Um, but as we've talked about at Clemson, we have twenty other sports, yeah. and how we associate and how 
perhaps we're, we're regional and, and how, what that looks like for travel, for experience, just for competitiveness, right? It's, it's just really different. And so, so much has been talked about or written about, hey, should there be a separate football that they should break off? Like, I don't know. Again, I think there's a lot of good for that. I don't want to dive down that path right now. Maybe <laughs> well, that was my next question. So, yeah, I'm just kidding. I'm joking. <laughs> no, I, so listen, I recognize, and, and again, I'm, I know I'm a younger dude for um, amongst my colleagues, so I hope to be doing um, this role specifically at Clemson for for decades to come, and so I hope to be able to be positioned myself, let alone you know it's Clemson Tiger Paw, to to be a leader in in what this what the future state of college athletics, let alone maybe football, looks like. And so there's there's a lot of change at hand. Maybe the best way I, that, that you know you say it is there's all these seminal changes, seminal changes, not seminal changes. <laughs> um, uh, in college athletics right now, NIL, transfer portal, college football playoff expansion, NCAA, governance, leadership mm-hmm. change. Um, and, and they're all, those are all like significant organizational changes that maybe historically would happen over decades. They're happening over a handful of years. And so like all this flux and turmoil is just what's so difficult right now. And so what's the, what's the end game? Where do you kind of come to a, maybe a better stasis? Um, you know, you, you try to work towards that. I think there's some good ideas. As, as there, has there been and will there be bumps along the way? 100%. We're right in the, in the um, dearths of that, it feels like right now. Um, but I think there is some good for change. There, there is some difficulties that you like the traditional aspects and regionality. Mm-hmm. Back. Um, but future state of, of the game um, in college sports, I think, uh, couldn't be brighter. Uh, we just got to get, get there in a, in a great uh, way about it. No doubt. Well, hold on to your seatbelts, everybody, because we're full steam ahead. And uh, <laughs> we'll get you out of here, Graham. I know you got to go. Appreciate your time, brother. This was so much fun. I uh, appreciate you joining us. This was a special one. Thank you guys for having me. Good luck for the rest of your summer series. Have me back on before 400, I hope, um, or 355 maybe. Um, Jacob, Amelia, hope they're doing great. KG, Mac, good to see you guys. Later. Well, so many things that we learned from Graham Neff, and he was awesome. He's a, he's a good friend of both of ours, too, and just a really great guy in addition to his athletic director role. But the Kenny Chesney part of this interview very much intrigued me, Eric McClain. <laughs> I saw Kenny Chesney last year in Charlotte at the Bank of America uh, Stadium, and he's definitely a football guy because he brought out Christian McCaffrey oh, yeah. and, and Matt Rule during that concert. Of course, neither of them are with the Panthers anymore, which is funny. But when Kenny was in Greenville recently, Dabo and Lincoln Riley came on stage. If you haven't seen that, go look it up. Of course, Graham was there. And now we are hearing about the possibility of a Kenny Chesney concert in Death Valley. This is the biggest news of the summer, okay? I don't really care about everything else that we talked. (laughs) I do care. But this is the biggest news of the summer. And I love the fact that Dabo and Kenny are talking about doing this concert. And they both look at Graham and they say, come on, man. Are we doing it or not? That was a great story. It's not often that we get to have breaking news on the podcast, yeah. but Tiger Net, get it written up there. <laughs> Kenny Chesney coming to the Valley. Graham's going to hate me for saying that, but the potential. It'd, be great. it'd be great. It'd be great to, to see it done. Uh, I, I think that our grounds crew, which they do an unbelievable job, they would not want that to happen either. They're the uh, only people that are mad when they hear that. That's right. That's right. They, they don't want any part of that. But no, it was great, you know, talking with Graham again and, and hearing all the things that he's dealing with was very, you know, interested in how much of that story that he would share, uh, yeah. you know, about Coach Riley and, and how all that went down. I mean, it, it was 
it was so fast for you and I, KG, kind of outsider, inside outsiders. Uh, but for them, you know, it was a couple day process. And, and you know, hearing that, hearing him tell that story and how, you know, he and Coach Sweeney had these checks that they had to get through mm-hmm. and had to do it at the same time. I mean, think of all the organization that, you know, went behind that inside baseball, as, as Graham said. You got to be in lockstep. Uh, and, Mac, that's how you don't – that's how something doesn't get leaked. When, exactly. those, when those two are so in lock, like in step with each other – yeah. And you trust the people around you. That's how it didn't get leaked, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So very impressive. Everyone involved that that did not get leaked, uh, and it, w- it was very much when it was announced, it was announced, and that's when you know people really found out. Excited to see that uh, and, and what this is going to yeah. ultimately look like. I asked him what what message does that send out, um, and, and to me, KG. I think it's it's a power play. It's a massive it power is. play, and and everybody kind of you know coming at Clemson even still after that in in the the month of June. You know, I got texts from three or four people that are in the college football space, not ACC network people, by the way, that said, you know, what's going on with Clemson? What, what's up with recruiting? Nobody's being yeah. picked up. What's going on? I said, guys, it's only June. Like everybody, relax. And then, of course, Clemson goes on this magical, you know, commitment train where now they're top five, top six, whatever it is, you know, at the, the different recruiting sites there. So Clemson's going to be just fine. And I know everyone rolling their eyes to hear me say that Clemson guy, but I'm excited to see that. Excited for this football season. And uh, just talking with G there about the different things, it got me jacked up a little bit. It it did, and I think you know it's great talking with Michael Alford and, and Graham, and then of course. Commissioner Phillips, who we both really like and respect in, in the job he's doing. Yep. The ACC obviously has some issues as we're dealing in this, this current landscape. But if anyone can figure out what to do, I do think it's Commissioner Phillips and then with Alfred and, and Neff sure. pushing, trying to push the ACC forward. That's what Michael Alfred said. He said, I'm at Florida State, I have to push. Yep. And I think, you know, Graham's the same way. And what's you and I said this as we got off the call with Graham. With the ACC, it feels like the diversity of the ACC is both its strength and its weakness. Sure. So how can you accentuate the strength and mitigate the weakness as much as right. possible? I think that's right. the biggest challenge. And I think, you know, to dive into that a little bit more, what, what does that mean? You've got very small, very private institutions, a mm-hmm. bigger institution that they're going ahead. Things that matter to one don't necessarily matter as much to the other. So while it is great, and I think we celebrate that, that we have – this very different blend of, of you know, mm-hmm. minds and thought process and, and, and importance, exactly what you just said, that, that can split and divide and, and hurt you. Ultimately, if you can't come together for one common goal, I think that Commissioner Phillips is that guy. I think these presidents, uh, chancellors, whatever, throughout the league, I think these ADs, uh, I, I think that they're going to all rally. And there's going to be ultimately a something that comes out that gets you going in the right direction. Now, this ever-evolving space, who knows what, what could happen, what will happen as we continue to go down, whether it's teams leaving, teams changing. But at the end of the day, I, I feel very positive about where the conference is trending, uh, where the members are trending. Uh, and one way that you can heal all of that is go win on the football Boom. field. Go take care of business. We've got a great schedule, a lot of out-of-conference guys, KG, that these matchups can really make a difference. Mac, I am pumped to start talking some actual X's and O's and, and games soon. I am And <laughs> we actually, behind the scenes, we just interviewed Mac Brown. We're going to release that in August. And just like the UNC South Carolina game. I mean, I'm so ready to talk <laughs> some games. So we will get there. We're still in our summer guest series, which has been a great, a great time. If you've missed any episodes, go to YouTube, go to Apple Podcasts. They're all up there. We've had some awesome guests. But yeah, football's around the corner. It's, it's almost July, which means basically right. football season is here. 
We're close. We're close. I think we're right at 70-something days, KG. So oh, that's nothing. Jacked up, and we're, we'll be there before you can know it. But appreciate you guys watching another great episode of Gramlick and Mac Lane brought to you by our friends over at Ingles. You saw the commercial earlier. That curbside pickup is the Ooh. best way to do it. The convenience. We need to make a video of that, KG, because I think it just saves you time, effort, all it. these things. Let's let's make that happen. Uh, but, guys, go over to YouTube. If you're not watching us right now, subscribe. Leave some comments. It's always fun to interact with you guys over there. And, of course, the OGs over on Apple Podcasts. Rate, review, subscribe. Greatly appreciate that. But until next time, we'll see you all.